Our Gospel lesson tonight comes from Matthew chapter 2. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Egypt. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, as, as we look toward the year to come, as we look back at the year past, we experience probably a set of familiar emotions, anticipation and expectation, maybe a little trepidation. Maybe you have good reason for whichever direction you're leaning on that spectrum of optimism and pessimism in the new year. I know often we're looking forward to specific events or looking forward to them with dread, perhaps. But whatever the case, I think there are a few instances in Scripture, examples in Scripture of reason for positive expectation, excitement, and hope. There are a few instances better than Mary and Joseph. When you're looking forward to, to a new baby, whether it's your baby or your grandbaby or a new niece or a new nephew or even the neighbor getting a new baby, it's, it's such a moment of joy, such a moment of excitement. And when the baby is coming, you're, you're, you're extra excited. But just imagine Mary and Joseph's excitement, their anticipation, not just a new baby boy, but one who, who is the Savior of the world, who they have been told will be called Emmanuel, God with us, whose, whose very name promises salvation, Jesus. Mary and Joseph had the excitement of a new baby, but even more. And the baby is born 
to them in humble surroundings, perhaps, but he's born. They're home. They're in Bethlehem. They're surrounded by Joseph's family. This is his hometown. They're there with Jesus. But, but then we get our reading from today. An urgent message from God. A warning, danger to themselves and to this baby boy. Herod, the king, Herod is after the life of this child. Quickly go to Egypt. Imagine their response. In this moment, their excitement turns to fear. Their expectation turns to trepidation, maybe even dread. Their their very lives are being displaced. Their home is no more. They're going to go on a dangerous journey from a familiar land where they have family and support and probably comfort to a place where they have presumably no friends, no family, no support, where they're foreigners and isolated. Do they even know Egyptian? How will they get around? How will they live in this new place? They don't even know how long they're going to be there, just that God has told them to go and that he would tell them when they could come back. Yet, these new parents, all their excitement, they go. Whatever they're feeling, they go. And they go to Egypt. They settle there. They live there. And maybe they're, they're rebuilding at this time. Maybe they're, they're expecting positive motion here. And they're, they're, they're building momentum. They're, they're getting the hang of things. And then they hear, they hear the news. Herod was thorough. Imagine their dismay when they hear of the tragedy in Bethlehem. However late they heard that the danger that they fled from, from, the danger was not just for Jesus. No, that danger, that danger was for every little boy in Bethlehem because Herod systematically went through and killed every little boy under the age of two. And note, this is Joseph's hometown. And note, in case you're you're unaware, Bethlehem was not a big town. Generous estimates put it at a thousand people. In a town of a thousand, everybody knows everybody, right? Were these baby boys who were killed Joseph's nephews, his friends, children, Bible doesn't say, but it's likely that Joseph personally knew somebody in a family, in each of the families that lost a little boy to Herod's ruthlessness. Imagine now Mary and Joseph's grief. Imagine their guilt that their child is alive and all of the other little boys born at the same time in Bethlehem are dead. Where's their expectation now? Sometime later, they get the news. Herod has died. You can return to Israel. And they begin the journey. They return to Israel, but even even that hope of going back home is short-lived. 
for they find out that Archelaus is, is alive, that he is, is sitting on his father's throne, that, that Archelaus is, is likely to be just as much a threat to this new baby boy as Herod was, and so they flee again. They're warned again. God says, go again. And where do they go? To Nazareth, a place with a terrible reputation. Now, you might think of Nazareth and say, well, it's where Jesus grew up. How bad can it be? But, but just a couple years later, when Jesus is calling his disciples, one of those disciples hears where Jesus is from and says, wait, from Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? How bad does a place have to be for you to say that about it? Nazareth is, is where they choose to, to flee to, out of danger into danger. Yet it was Mary's hometown. Joseph had lived there at least for a brief time. It's Mary's hometown, and it would be Jesus' hometown too, good reputation or no. And I don't know the troubles they experienced in Nazareth. I don't know what they went through, but if it lived up to its reputational at all, we have to imagine that they had hard times there from time to time, which means Mary and Joseph not only had no chance at a relaxing honeymoon, no chance to nest and prepare for this new baby boy to, to set up the crib and to get everything just right. They, they had every reason in these early years for disappointment, for fear, and even great grief. And maybe you, like me, have seldom considered all that Mary and Joseph went through in these first few years. But I think we can all agree they had it rough. And the Bible doesn't tell us how they felt in the midst of it all. Why not? Isn't that relevant information? Why doesn't the Bible tell us what Mary and Joseph were thinking? Did, did they take it all in stride? Was, was Joseph a rock? Was Mary mother of the year? Did they all have it figured out? Or, or did they not? Was this just too much? Were they nervous wrecks? How do you think they felt when their expectations for this new baby boy turned out so different than they thought? How would you handle it in similar circumstances, I wonder? Now, these questions admittedly are sobering ones for the beginning of a new year. As we stand at that doorway between 2022 and 2023 and we think, is this year going to be a good one? I, I don't lay all of this out to make you pessimistic. No. But are you excited for the year ahead? Are you expectant or are you dreading it? Today, as, as we look back and we look forward, I want us to consider Mary and Joseph for though we don't get to hear about Mary and Joseph's emotions, we do get to see how they acted. And those actions of Mary and Joseph, what they did in the midst of all of this, can be characterized by simple obedience 
And, and that's true from the very beginning. Mary and Joseph, they're, they're told life-changing news. And Mary, when she first gets the news, you're going to have a child. He's going to be a savior. He's, he's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. Mary says, sign me up. Let's go. However crazy this ride is going to be, I want to be a part of it. And she seems to know. She says, this is going to be for the fall and the rising of many. It's going to change things. Joseph, whatever he felt when he was told the news that his wife was pregnant, the baby was not his, God wanted him to stay with her anyways. Whatever he felt, he did it. He stayed with Mary. Whatever he thought in that moment, whatever, he, whatever gut punch he felt, he still named the baby Joseph, named the baby Jesus, just like the angel encouraged him to do. And again, whatever they felt when the danger came, they left. They uprooted their lives, their family. They risked the journey. They went to Egypt. Sometime in the midst of all of this, we know they got the baby circumcised. According to the law, in spite of all that's went on, they got Jesus circumcised. They, they also took him to be purified at the temple in Jerusalem. They made the sacrifice required by the law. Even though they were poor, and yes, we know they were poor on top of all the other things that went on, because the law says you should make a sacrifice of one lamb for a firstborn son. And what do Mary and Joseph offer? The sacrifice alternative for the poor, two turtle doves. Leviticus, Leviticus 12, 8 says, if you're poor, you can make a lesser sacrifice. So yes, Mary and Joseph were poor on top of, all, top, of all, top of it all, but they still obeyed. And that is a good model for us, to be clear. Whether we're confident or afraid, whether we understand God's law or not, when we're looking at the future and we're uncertain we too can obey regardless of circumstance. But I, I think we need to recognize that, that that still doesn't mean that Mary and Joseph saw every new trial and, and were jumping for joy. Yay! This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is great. Let's go for it. More danger, more fear. No. I find that extremely unlikely. And, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, they had Job's own confidence who when his life began to fall apart, Job said, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But I think it's good to remember that even Job, when he faced mounting trials, when he struggled, he, he began to lose confidence he began to question. He began to doubt. He began to wonder. Nothing could have prepared Job for what happened fully to him. And I don't think anything could have prepared Mary and Joseph for all that happened to them, not even warnings ahead of time. Honestly, I don't think I would blame Mary and Joseph if they were nervous wrecks through those first three years of life. Parenting is hard enough without flights into Egypt. And my point in all of this is that as we look at the year ahead and we wonder what might happen next, we all can get caught up in that question, how will I respond if things go well? 
How will I respond if things go poorly? Will I be perfectly obedient? Will I be rejoicing and being glad and saying, this is the day the Lord has made? Will I face each new trial and say, yay, God's given me trials? We can get caught up in that question. We can get wrapped up in the fear of, of how well we'll weather, the, weather it, whether the trials are like Job's or Mary and Joseph's or if they're just little speed bumps along the way. But Mary and Joseph, even if they were worriers, if they were worrying like that about every imaginable thing that could have gone wrong, could have possibly met them along the way, would they have imagined anything that happened? that we just described? Would Mary and Joseph have imagined any of it? I don't think they would. I don't think they could have imagined all that happened. But God got them through it. Each trial, God carried them through He made a way. He carried them through each new trial in various ways, different ways each time, yes, but He carried them through. So likewise, when we look at the year ahead, what's most important for us to remember is not the magnitude of what can go wrong, could possibly happen, but what's important for us to remember is that God will get us through it. He will carry us through, come what may. And if we ever doubt that, we need only look to Mary and Joseph throughout it all for not just God's unshakable promises carried them through, not just God's unwavering promises carried Job through, But what carried them through most of all was Jesus, (laughs) which sounds crazy that a little baby boy carried them through these trials. But who does Job call on in the midst of his despair in Job 19? Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. It's to Jesus that Job points, even though Job had no idea who Jesus was. Who does Mary point to? She points to, yes, all God's promises, but she starts her song at the very beginning of it all by saying, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I am sure that in each of their trials, Mary and Joseph clung all the more closely to this little baby boy to receive the comfort that he had to offer meager as it may be. God's plans and promises for us as we look forward to 2023 or 2024 or any future year, I mean, certainly don't mean that we will face no trials in our lives, but they do mean that we need not face these trials with no hope. For we have hope in Jesus, hope that God knows the plans He has for us even if we are not ready for them. Hope that all things, even bad things, work for the good of those who believe. Hope that even when we falter, when we fear, when we doubt like Job, when we worry, when we, like Joseph, are wondering what this next thing is going to happen, 
that he will be with us, just like he was with them, literally, through it all. So trust the one who carried Mary and Joseph through it all for you, and trust that he will carry you into 2023 and beyond, such that you might have the very peace which passes all understanding, which will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.